Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast, where freedom, health, and wholeness is our mission. In each episode, we will expose the lie that you are alone in your struggles and your pain. We share truth through our stories using the power of vulnerability and honesty, empowering you to live the life you are destined to live. Welcome back to the You're Not Alone podcast. I am your host, Chris Richardson, and I am with my amazing co-host once again, Caleb Musafiri. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So today we are going to tackle another topic here, and this week we want to talk about vulnerability. Yes, sir. Man. I'm So I'm just going to give a 100% disclaimer. I struggle with this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you don't necessarily know how much you struggle with it until you're placed into an environment that values vulnerability. Yeah. And uh, so today we're going to kind of go through and maybe define it a little bit. We're going to look at what it is and, uh, you know, what is it and how do I know if I'm being vulnerable? You know, what do we do? Where, why do we avoid being vulnerable? Why should we be vulnerable? You know, and just ways to be vulnerable. Yeah. And so, um, you know, let, let me just kind of define yeah. vulnerability. And this is is off off of Webster, out of Webster's dictionary, and mm-hmm. says the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. Yeah, man, may, maybe that's. I think just that whole being attacked, being harmed. Um, I think that's a big reason of why we don't want to be vulnerable. Why we don't want to let people be. We don't want to show people our true selves. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it to you? What does vulnerability mean to you, Caleb? Uh, I think to me, vulnerability is just the act of exposing myself, exposing my heart uh, in a way that becomes possible for, to the person I'm exposing it to, to hurt me. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, it's pretty much the act of me coming fully naked and uh, taking that risk yeah. to show my heart the deepest part of my heart and it's pretty much like that giving the person you're exposing yourself to ammunition to kind of hurt you but um i mean true vulnerability is when you pretty much uh uh do that and also find freedom in it yeah being able to present yourself to another person emotionally Mm -hmm. um where there's nothing hidden no and that's actually a pretty rare thing Mm-hmm. that I think that's a challenge of a lot of relationships. It's definitely a challenge in, in a lot of marriages. Yeah. And I think it's a part of a reason why we don't have meaningful, long-lasting relationships. Exactly. I think it's also a challenge in a lot of churches. I, maybe more so in churches than any other place, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, we're talking about, you know, just this idea of the culture mm-hmm. in, in churches, in a lot of churches, and I think it's a lot more, there's like this unspoken rule, this mm-hmm. unspoken culture yep. that is based on shame, mm-hmm. where, you know, we we do things and we don't do things. Yeah. And when we don't want people to know some of those things that we do, but maybe shouldn't, we like to hide those in shame because yeah. we don't want anybody to know that we are less of a person mm-hmm. in other people's eyes. Exactly. And true vulnerability brings those things to the surface and yeah. says, look, I'm a mess. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to be. Yeah, no, we don't. I don't think anyone decides to be a mess. No, because we, and I kind of have, have this theory is a lot of times, and churches are, and, and rightly so, are a hospital for broken people. Mm-hmm. And we come to the Lord, and I'll just speak for me. It's like me. I was bullied. I was picked on a lot as a kid. I was definitely made to feel less of a person than what I was. I didn't understand the, the greatness that God had created. Because all of us are created, we're formed, we're fashioned into greatness. God has plans for all of us, that he has a destiny for all of us that is bigger than we could ever hope for and imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, growing up with either the abuse or the bullying, the picking on, without having a positive male role model, I did not have a dad growing up. Um, I had a father and a couple stepfathers, but I never had a dad. Mm-hmm. There's a huge difference. 
And so I never really got to understand the greatness that I was destined for. Mm -hmm. Matters of fact, I was told by most people in my life, other than my mom and maybe my aunt and my grandmother, um, that I wasn't that great of a person. And when you believe that lie, um, you try to hold any fault that you may have on the inside. You don't want to let those things, you don't want other people see those. You don't want to let those things out. Yeah. And so you hold things very close to your chest and you bottle them up because there's a shame that comes with people seeing the true you. Yeah. I think it's also like we, we're not really given permission to be messy yeah. in a sense. I mean, I love this chapter in the Bible that Jesus, when the Pharisee comes to him and he says, it's not the healthy that look for a doctor. It, it is the sick mm-hmm. that look for a doctor. That's pretty much giving Jesus giving us permission to be like, hey, yeah, be the mess that you are. I'm going to meet you there. Yeah. And so we get into church. We've been picked on. We've been bullied. We've been all these different things. And then we finally find a culture of people that should accept us yeah. the way we are. But sometimes the things that we're impressed with in churches. Mm-hmm are the last thing we, th- we should be impressed with. 100%. I'm impressed with a guy who doesn't sin. Mm-hmm. I am I am impressed with a guy who has some sort of upfront ability mm-hmm. and the guy who knows the most Bible verses mm-hmm. and has some of the most witty, wise things to say. Yeah. And then we put these church people up on a pedestal, and when they fall, when they make a mistake, we draw our sword, we draw our spear. Yeah. And we go after them because we're trying to kill sometimes the things that we hate that's inside of us. Mm -hmm. Like we expect our ministers, we expect our leaders to be perfect. Yeah. And after being a pastor for 25 years, I could tell you I've never met a perfect pastor. And most of us are actually a pretty big mess. We just have gotten really good at covering and hiding that. Yeah. And I think... um uh, people can give like a counter argument to that and saying, oh, we're called to be like Jesus, which is good. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, in order for me to digest you, I have to be willing to dethrone you from the pedestal that I put you in. Because, yeah, you have God in you. You have an aspect of God in you. Yeah. But I have to be willing to accept your humanity too. And, and that's hard for people to do. Yeah. Because a lot, most people that end up in churches, most, well, not even just people that end up in churches, all of us have been disappointed mm-hmm. by people. Mm-hmm. And we now come into a church where people should be holy, they should be sanctified, they should live good and moral lives. And all of a sudden, they don't do that. Mm-hmm. We start chalking them back up to, well, you're just like this person that hurt me. Yeah. I thought you were somebody better. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pressure in the church world yep. to hide, and so that's what we wanted to discuss today. We're, we're gonna we're gonna dive yeah. into this. How do I know that I'm not being vulnerable? You know, I think there's a couple ways, and this is going. I, I'm gonna go really off of off of my experience. And mm-hmm. again, I want to say, man, I kind of suck at this vulnerability thing. Um, really working on it, really studying as a part of my life. And uh, I'll tell you, in in the last little while the lord has just been revealing some things to me and here's a couple mm-hmm. things one of them is that do you feel loved mm-hmm. like when you come into a group of people when you come into a church do you feel love do you actually feel like you belong is there still part of this side of you like you know if they knew who i really was yeah like even in a marriage like if my spouse knew that i was really struggling with this or if my pastor really knew that this was inside of me um you know, I think another one is that do you feel worthy to be loved? Mm-hmm. You know, I've spent a lot of my life, I would say even the majority of my life, not feeling worthy to be mm-hmm. loved. Yeah. You know, because of that bullying, like we're talking about earlier, all this bullying, all these different things that have happened throughout life yeah. that we go through, it teaches us that, hey, if you expose yourself, if you expose who you really are, mm-hmm. then people are going to laugh at you, they're going to pick at you or whatever. And if that's constantly in the back of your mind, you're probably not being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And here's the honest truth. You're probably living in some sort 
of, of you're, you're believing, believing a lie. Yeah. Because generally, when we are inside of our families, they should be safe places. Not all of them aren't. I totally mm-hmm. get that. But we need to be able to create that safe place. Yeah. And to create a place of, of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, I guess another thing is, is that do you feel like you have to put on a face mm-hmm. to put on an act for people to love you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, one of the good quotes that I have here it says, uh, it's from one of the most amazing leaders that I know, Ken Williams. He says uh, that you will never know unconditional love until you first share your condition. And uh, I think that goes back to the question, do you feel love? You know, I think we can have different definition of love. Maybe you think that love is just acceptance and you come with your f- uh, facade and people accept it. But deep down, like you, see, you, like you know, okay, maybe I don't, I'm not really loved here, you know? So it's a good question to ask yourself. Okay, do I actually, am I actually loved here unconditionally? So yeah. what are your conditions? Mm-hmm. That's a good question you ask yourself. <laughs> no, I'm asking you. <laughs> put you on the hot speed. What are your oh, What are your conditions? Um, for my experience, my conditions is like I struggle with a lot of things, you know, and I I I was I was good at hiding them. Yeah. I was good at hiding them, and I thought people loved me. You know, at least that's that was my perspective on it. I was like, oh, I'm still gonna hide this part of me. Yeah. I'm gonna. It, I'm gonna uh, enjoy the love that I receive, yeah. You know, but I actually didn't uh, experience the depth of unconditional love until I was actually honest and vulnerable with people and say, "Hey, um, let's say I'm struggling with pornography." Yeah, and I open up to my friend and say, "Hey, this is what I struggle with," and having them actually come around me in ways that I haven't experienced before that shows me, oh, actually, vulnerability pays off. Mm-hmm. You know. So there's certain different conditions and, and you know, it's, you have to actually ask yourself, what are the conditions that I'm hiding, hiding in my own life? You know, but one of for me, one of them was struggling with lust, yeah, sexual sin and everything. And I had to be honest first with God and myself and come with people and be like, okay, I'm hiding. I knew I was hiding because I knew, okay, this is something that I'm, uh, I haven't experienced the depth of the love, not just of God, but of people. And when I opened up, that's when I experienced it. Yeah, it's it's putting on that mask and it's mm-hmm. putting on that, not a show, but in some ways it is. It's like mm-hmm. you're going through the motions of something you're trying to, and when you're not living yeah. out of a natural, like who you were naturally created to be, mm-hmm. like all of us were naturally created to be, you know, something. Yeah. And when you're put into a place where you have to try to manufacture and keep that yeah. up, it's exhausting. A hundred percent. And that actually pushed me to like, not feel, not feeling like like I belong, yeah. Because I was like, oh, I'm surrounded by these people who are doing good in this area, and I'm like, I'm putting up the facade that I'm holy as they are, yeah. You know, but when in fact I was not. And in all reality, you, you there's a good chance you could have been more holy than some of. Mm-hmm. Like we we don't let people in. Yeah, we, we're, I'm going to let you. You're going to get to see a version of me. Mm-hmm. That you know, that's kind of my condition. Yeah, you know, you're going to get to see a version of me that I want to project. Yeah, and when it's not the authentic you, you're going to struggle, and it's and it's going to eventually come out. Yeah, I think this is a lot of. So this is kind of from coming from church experience mm-hmm. that this is one of the reasons why you see a lot of people leave churches. Yeah, is that I think there's a lot of people that um, let you in so close. And when you stop progressing, whether you're in relationship, when you're in fellowship, when you quit moving forward with vulnerability or when you quit moving forward in relationship, the relationship will will stall and frustration Mm -hmm. comes in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We hit the eject button. Yeah, and that just keeps us in the cycle. And it is. And I think mm-hmm. this really is. It is a shame um, type of cycle is that yeah. we keep on going from the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we're having to focus on is being willing. It's kind of like being sick and tired of being sick and tired, <laughs> yeah. where it's like you decide, okay, I need this in my life. Yeah. And so, you know, so that kind of, well, let's, let's jump into that. It's like, why do we avoid vulnerability? Wow, why do we avoid vulnerability? I mean, there's a lot of reason why 
we avoid vulnerability. I mean, personally, yeah. I, there was a lot of reason why I avoid vulnerability. And uh, I mean, one of the thing is shame. Yeah. Shame just just leads us into the rabbit hole. Yeah, we don't want people to to see us. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I looked up. I kind of today's a day of definitions, and so mm-hmm. wanted to define shame. You know, words have have a meaning, and you know, shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think the first word right there kind of says it all. It's it's pain. Yeah. It's like we don't want to embrace the pain yeah. of who we are. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, is that because of whatever's in my life, I don't want you to see me. Yeah. And so we we disconnect. Yeah. And let's be, I mean, let's be honest, vulnerability comes with the possibility of being hurt and rejected. So the pain of it pretty much pushes us to like hide ourselves. Yeah, a lot of times if we're rejected, mm-hmm. we we don't want to put our, ourselves in a place of being rejected again. Mm-hmm. You know, I came into, I, I went through a season about a year ago where I felt, again, this was my perception, but I felt rejected by some of my very best friends. Yeah. Now, I, I don't doubt that they see it differently, but mm-hmm. on my end, like, I felt rejected. Like, hey, we don't want to do life with you anymore. We're going to go do it somewhere else. Yeah. And people that, that I had known for years and been through a lot of battles with and without any discussion, just kind of overnight, okay, we're gone. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, it put me in this place. Like, I, I kind of came into this new season of my life going, you know what? I'm not going to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hang out. I'm just, I'm gonna sit here. Lord, you called me into this new season, but you know what? I'm gonna, I'm just gonna sit here and do it by myself. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's not the way that I'm wired. No. And so, instead of dealing with the shame, instead of dealing with the guilt, the hurt that I cause people, the hurt that I'm causing myself, mm-hmm. all of these other things, I just keep it on the inside. Yeah. And I sit in the corner, and I don't take a risk. Mm-hmm. to jump back into it yeah because it's a risk mm-hmm. vulnerability is maybe one of the biggest risks you'll ever take a hundred percent and you know and shame at its root it's the fear of disconnection yeah you know and and also some of the reason why we avoid vulnerability i mean before i jump into that is that first of all you need we need to understand that we were not born with the fear of vulnerability. We were born to be vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever had kids, you yeah. know, there is like my kids when they were when they were little, mm-hmm. they would run around the house naked. Yeah. You know, there there's like this this idea, this this picture of a little boy mm-hmm. wearing wearing his Superman underwear <laughs> and and, yeah. and, the, and the cape tied around his neck and he'll go play out in the street. Yeah. You so, know, so there's nothing hidden with kids. Yeah. So children depend on actually vulnerability in order for them in order for them to survive. Yeah. I need to exhibit this. Yeah. I need to be vulnerable, cry. So yeah. my dad knows, my dad and mom know, okay, I need this. Yeah. You know? Even in the Bible, God says, unless you become like one of these children, you yeah. cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You know, so that's something that we were born with. Yeah. And a little kid will never hesitate to tell you when something hurts. Nope. Whether it be their feelings, their their, yeah. their little toe, or their little yeah. hangnail, they are never willing, never um, unwilling mm-hmm. to tell you when something hurts. No, but as an adult, <laughs> yeah, we hide John it. Wayne is our Messiah. <laughs> it's like suck it up, yeah, didn't hurt, and you know, get shot in the other arm, that mm-hmm. didn't hurt. You know, as Christians, we we get hit. Yeah, we say something and it hurts. Like, yeah. are, are you hurt? No, I'm good. Mm-hmm. It's like we're mature enough to know that these things shouldn't hurt us, mm-hmm. but we're not mature enough for it to actually not hurt. Exactly. And instead of ever talking about it, we just we just take it. Yeah. And then we take it. Mm-hmm. And we take it. And then there becomes a point where we can't take it anymore, and it severs and it breaks the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, we're being taught to not be vulnerable. Yeah, we, we we've been we've been conditioned and taught yeah. since we're we're little to mm-hmm. not do that. Yeah. 
I mean, some of the thing that teaches us not to be vulnerable, like life experiences. Yeah, it's a it's a way that you you were brought up, mm-hmm. in, and it's 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 um you know so you you get betrayed, mm-hmm. and something happens, yeah, and you're like you know um you put yourself out there, mm-hmm. and then yep. it backfires, yeah. And yeah. then you're like, I am never, never. doing that. Never. <laughs> Did I say never? I meant never, ever, ever doing yeah. that again. Mm-hmm. And uh, which then makes you, you're like making an oath and a vow. And the Bible says bad things happen when you do that. Exactly. So you open the door to spiritual attacks by saying, I will never be like that person. I'll never do this again. Yeah. But it just hurts you on the inside. Because mm-hmm. you, you kind of dwell into that spirit of offense that's in mm-hmm. itself it's a another issue but yeah life experience it teaches us to do that yeah. and um i mean personally I, I remember instances where i'll be open to people and uh, that backfired on me and i'm like well what's the point of me being vulnerable yeah if this is this will be the outcome every time i am vulnerable yeah i mm-hmm. you know i remember one time i i was out on the playground i i was um I, I was in a very small town in, in Montana, not a lot of diversity, not a lot mm-hmm. of anything like that. And, and the, the guys, one of the guys was talking, said something about puberty. Mm-hmm. And I was young enough, I'm like, what is that? Yeah. And he's like, you don't know what that word is? <laughs> and I remember when he said it, I'm like going, that sounds like a word I should know. Yeah. And I'm like, man, can I trust this guy? And I'm like, uh, what, what does that mean? And he used this as an opportunity to, to uh, kind of make fun of me. And then he hollers across the playground to another guy going, Hey, Chris doesn't know what puberty means. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all these... And, and it, the, the school is much different back mm-hmm. in the 80s yeah. than it was now. You know, the anti-bullying stuff has done some really great things. Mm-hmm. But being the new guy in school, that they jumped on this one little innocuous thing to be able to try to... And next thing I know, I got all the boys on the playground chanting, puberty, puberty. Wow. And I'm just like... And finally, I went to a teacher in tears. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these... And she's like, what's going on? I'm like, these guys just won't leave me alone. Wow. And the teacher's like, well, you, you just ignore them. I'm like, I'm supposed to ignore all these chanting people. And finally, she's like, well, you could just go inside. And it was like that that was one of those defining moments yeah. where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to admit to somebody that I don't know something. Mm-hmm. That I'm either going to fake it yep. or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work hard to know everything. Mm-hmm. And it kind of puts you down this path where it's like, you know what, I'm not going to trust somebody again. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all of a sudden you become a pastor. Yeah. And as a pastor, you're supposed to be an expert on all things spiritual. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to be the amazing counselor. You're supposed to be the 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 the, the best accountant. You're supposed to be the, the the best public speaker. You're supposed to be the best building program designer and maintenance team and toilet cleaner. And you have to become a and and a person who is insecure. Mm-hmm. It puts them into a do do do, and it's really hard to admit sometimes when you don't know something. Yeah. I mean, it's even cultural. I mean, I, I come from a different culture where yeah, that in our churches back there, it's like the pastor is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all in one. And what we learn is we learn to hide. You know, mm-hmm. that's why some of the 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 moral failure that I see here in the state, it's like oh, it's not news to me yeah. because I see it often back home. Because we learn to hide so much that for the fear of being vulnerable. Yeah. Because uh, hiding is what we're being taught. That's yeah. our culture. We have a culture of shame. Oh, you're dealing with that. Oh, my God. Yeah. You, you're someone who you should never be dealing with. You, sh- you, you yeah. don't even have to go near it. But we forget that, okay, we actually need vulnerable for us to actually walk in uh, the freedom that was given to us. Mm-hmm. So culture as well teaches us not to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we've even developed this whole cancel culture thing, mm-hmm. is that this cancer culture really comes around. Yep. We don't agree with you, so we're going to cancel you. Your value, your opinion mm-hmm. doesn't matter. If your opinion doesn't line up with mine, it is invalid and it yep. doesn't matter. 
you know and there's been you know i know i don't know that the culture the cancel culture was started out of this malicious intent probably but what it was but what was kind of meant is hey we don't want those ideals yeah. of racism of sexism mm-hmm. and stuff like that we don't want those in our culture anymore now it's turned into anybody that doesn't agree with somebody yeah we lose free thinking mm-hmm. we lose people being able to be vulnerable and say who they are mm-hmm. Can I just say that being vulnerable, even when you're wrong, is still valuable? Yeah. Because then you could uncover it and you can deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, because we hide so many things. It's it's like, you know, what what if you could take somebody who, and I'm going to go to like the worst of the worst, yeah. you know, you, you take somebody that is a pedophile. Mm-hmm. and But what if you can go back to when the, the thought first appeared? Mm-hmm. And when you could say, hey, I had this really dark thought, mm-hmm. when you could expose it to the light and mm-hmm. get help. Yeah. But again, nobody ever wants to admit to that. Yeah. But when you look at how many people, and we talked about this last week, is that how much incest, mm-hmm. rape, and um, molestation that happens, mm-hmm. That it's not an uncommon thing. It's just an uncommon thing to talk about. Yeah. But what if you could go back to the inception of that idea and begin to bring it to light? Mm-hmm. That's a really dark place to kind of go. Yeah. But it proves the point is that when you expose things to the light, even the darkest things can be worked through and talked through. Yeah. It's only in the light that we find freedom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if you want to be free from your sin, that there mm-hmm. is a thing where you're going to have to be vulnerable and yeah. say, "Hey, I am struggling with this, and I need help." Whether it be, yeah. you know, and if you got nobody, go go find a counselor. Mm-hmm. You know, find somebody that you could start to talk with that could help yeah. work through these issues with you. Yeah, a hundred percent. So let's jump into this. You know, why should we be vulnerable? You know, what are the benefits of vulnerability? Yeah connection Mm -hmm. it's there's a deeper connection it's like you and we've all been there where we've had these conversations where you're like you kind of walk away going they're holding something back Mm -hmm. and it kind of puts this thing and it lets the mind kind of wander and try to kind of go like what are they not saying and Mm -hmm. and it's like what are they not telling me that's there or even a husband and wife relationship when you're Mm -hmm. not in that place of connection you know, it usually has to be with that whole vulnerability thing. Yeah. You know, I know it's been a challenge even in my life mm-hmm. of, of where my wife is like going, what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking something. I'm not sharing that. Yeah. Or what are you feeling? Like, actually, I'm really scared right now about this situation. Mm-hmm. But I think I got a John Wayne cowboy up and go, oh, nothing. <laughs> I'm good. And she's going, you liar. Yeah. Because it really does. It does turn us into a liar. Mm-hmm. Because again, we're putting on that 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 uh, facade. False, yeah, yeah, because we don't want people to see it. No, we don't. That it's also. I mean, it is biblical. First of all, I mean, if people want to have the Bible back it up, yeah, let's, let's do that. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the chapter that jumped in mind is like First Corinthians, Second Corinthians twelve nine, where it says, "My." Um, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in my weakness. I mean, you will not know the the perfection of the power of God if you're not willing to expose your weaknesses. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm, Paul even goes on to say, therefore, I will boast mm-hmm. all the more gladly about my weakness so that mm-hmm. Christ's power may rest on me. Exactly. You know, and Paul, he's saying, you know, not only am I just going to hide this, mm-hmm. I'm going to broadcast this. Yeah. Because you know what? This is part of my testimony. It's part of who I am. Yeah. And, you know, I may have not arrived in this, but you know what? There are other people that are struggling mm-hmm. with this idea. Yeah. There is somebody out there that needs to hear that, hey, even I struggle with these things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting in Revelations that talk about how in the end times, and I think we're living in the in the end times. I don't know if Jesus is coming back tomorrow or 200 years. That's not for me to know. Mm-hmm. But we know that ever since Jesus left, we're in the end times. And it talks about the end time states. The way that they overcame the devil yeah. was by the blood of the Lamb. And the word word of the testimony. Mm -hmm. And that's where we forget is that your testimony is your story. Yeah. And this is what I get frustrated with when people come up and they tell the sanitized version of their story. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, 
They, oh, they yeah. want to tell, oh, what's, you know, I stole some cigarettes when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, on the inside, you yeah. know, you're stealing a whole lot more than that. You're doing a whole lot more than that because we, 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 we're, we're vulnerable, we're honest, mm-hmm. just enough. Yeah. And that, I think that's one of the, 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 the deceit of isolation, too, where it's like, oh, I'm the only one who's dealing with it. But in fact, actually, I think I will even go further and say, no, you're actually dealing with pride because on the other side of it, there's someone else who's dealing with the same thing. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to bring pride in, didn't you? Yeah, I had to. I mean, because if, if we talk about testimony, the Bible also says that the, tes- uh, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Mm-hmm. So if you're being vulnerable, you know, you, you actually be, uh, become vulnerable with someone and you tell your testimony, you, you do not know that there may be someone else at the other side of it who might receive his breakthrough because of your vulnerability. Yeah. And I could honestly say that even times when I have been vulnerable or I have shared things has been probably the most impactful mm-hmm. because one, I'm not trying to be a hypocrite Yeah, because a hypocrite and a Pharisee try, you know, Jesus even said, Hey, you are like whitewashed tombs. Mm-hmm. Like you are a painted grave yeah. to make, make look nice, mm-hmm. but you're full of dead things on the inside. Oh, yeah. You know, here's the thing. Everybody is full of dead things on the inside. Yeah. There's there's these little secrets that we keep, and we don't want to let other people know. Yeah. And how do you get rid of a dead thing? You clean it up. A hundred percent. You expose it. Mm-hmm. It's kind, it's, yeah. It's Even, like, I think in the book of uh, Ephesians, it says, wake up from, uh, I said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Come on. You know, and I love. I think you said something today when we were talking, we were talking about First uh, Second Corinthians twelve. You said uh, maybe that's why Christians uh, live powerless life because they're not willing to show their weaknesses. Oh, I think it's a huge part of it <laughs> because you. I think in a certain aspect, you you have to lie to God mm-hmm. um, to be able to to live. Like you, you have to compartmentalize yeah. things as a Christian. And instead of fully coming and fully being seen by the Lord, you're saying, yeah. okay, there's still this piece that's that's here. Yeah. And I think it's it's the matter of saying, okay, irregardless of, of these things that I'm struggling with, I'm still going to come fully as I mm-hmm. am. And I think when you are that, when you have that openness, yeah. it's like the Lord goes, I can use that. Mm-hmm that you're okay, that you're perfect, or, or or if you walk around saying, I'm dirt, I'm scum, you start to believe that too. Yeah. That's why it says I'll boast all the more in my weaknesses, because that's why the power of God will be made perfect. Yeah. I think that's the thing about God too. I think in my opinion, sometimes God uses you in an area where you least expect it, because it's like, oh, exactly, that's why my power will be made perfect. Or in a place where you're least qualified. Exactly. That, that when we feel qualified and we feel like we have it all together, mm-hmm. we will rest and rely on what we can do in the natural yeah. instead of being a vessel for God to mm-hmm. be able to use you mm-hmm. in a supernatural way. Yeah. But again, it's us putting us in a place where we're not an expert, where we don't know everything, and we're walking humbly saying, look, I don't know, but let's just see what God can do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I even... a uh, scary place to be. Oh, 100%. Uh, I love these quotes from Brene Brown. Yeah. She said, uh, vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, accountability, and authenticity. She even went further and said, vulnerability is the core of all emotions and feelings. To feel is to be vulnerable. To believe vulnerability is weakness is to believe that feeling is weakness. Man, I don't like feeling. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's I, I can honestly say that is one of the things that I had decided when something hurts, mm-hmm. we try to shut those feelings mm-hmm. off. Unfortunately, feelings can't be shut off. Yeah. Per, well, no, they can be shut off permanently. It's probably called suicide. <laughs> yeah. That's that's probably the only way that, that feelings could be shut off permanently because you get to a point where you're just numb. Mm-hmm. You know, I was... I, I, there's one point in my life and one of the times when I was kind of at this lowest dark point, and unfortunately it wasn't that long ago, 
where I remember I walked into my closet and I had a handgun sitting there and I looked at it and I had this thought. And I think a lot of people, I've talked to other people, I've had this thought like, man, what if I shot myself? Or like if you're ever driving in a car and you're like, man, if I just veered over... Mm -hmm. And normally, as soon as you have that thought, this this thing rises up inside of you because you're created for life. Yeah, and it comes in and just goes. That's a lie from the mm-hmm. enemy. And I remember the the enemy as I looked at it, and I know the devil spoke to me, and I you know I don't say that lightly, and said, "What if you shot yourself?" And for one of the first times in my life, I had no emotion to wow. that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, we think of people as committing suicide are people that are sitting there wrestling with it Mm. putting the gun up to their head bawling crying trying to work up to it but you know that most times when they've caught suicides on camera because we live in a world where everything is is Mm. when they've done that the people actually have no emotion yeah that they've shut off all emotion that you'll see somebody walk up to the rail of a bridge and just jump there's been a couple times on tv where people have done it again there's no emotion Mm mm-hmm and I think that's part of that is that we start shutting feelings off. And again, it's because of self-protection. Mm-hmm. It's because of pain. For whatever reason, we shut those emotions off. We mm-hmm. begin to open ourselves up to the demonic. Mm-hmm. And we got to be careful of that because emotions really are a, um, it's, it's like a check. Mm-hmm. It shows us where we're at. When we yep. have a strong re- emotion, emotional reaction to something, mm-hmm. even if it's shame, yeah. you got to start and go, okay, where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's because we, we have a, uh, a distorted value of emotions nowadays. Yeah. You know, because we fail to understand that emotion. First of all, it was created by God. He knew what he was doing when he gave us emotions. Come Jesus on. had emotions. Yeah. You know, that we, we are growing up in a culture where it says, oh, you're emotional, you're weak. Mm-mm. No. In fact, God actually delights. There are times where God won't speak to me, not that he decides not to. He knows, okay, there's a breakthrough at the, uh, at the other end of you feeling actually this. Yeah. There was a time when I was dealing with something and the Lord says, have you ever grieved it? I was mm. like, what do you mean? I was like, I, was, I had a lot of questions. And the Lord says, maybe you should grieve what you wanted. Uh, we should, should actually deal with the feeling of actually, oh, I'm grieving that for the childhood that I wanted, but I didn't get. Yeah. And the Lord allowed me to grieve. And the, oh my God, the breakthrough that came behind, uh, after that, that was mind blowing. Yeah. Because the Lord wants us to sometimes sit down in your feeling. and But the thing is, he also wants us to invite him in that. But the feeling, you have to value your feelings. The yeah. feelings are not weak, are not weakness. Well, see, sometimes even parents unwittingly mm-hmm. will say, hey, don't, hey, just just shake it off. Yeah. Don't feel that way. And there is a time when you need to process. You need to figure out where that emotion mm-hmm. is coming from. And so, like, like, hey, that's a little extreme. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you spill a glass of milk or mm-hmm. you, you spill a Dr. Pepper. That's a sad, sad thing mm-hmm. when you spill a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and it's one thing to spill Dr. Pepper at two years old and cry about it. Yeah. Not that two-year-old two year should be drinking Dr. Pepper. Yeah. I'm a child of the 80s. I think we did. no one should drink Dr. Pepper. Oh, That's my personal opinion. You know what? You're wrong. <laughs> Anyways, and uh, but it's a different thing. At 40 years old, you mm-hmm. spill your Dr. Pepper and you start crying. Mm-hmm. You know, But there's times where even as parents, we unwittingly tell them, hey, it's time to suck it up. Mm-hmm. You know, And I remember there's one time where something like it was just devastating happened to me at about 10, 12 years old. And I remember just, just like my soul was so crushed. And uh, I remember just crying. And finally, my stepdad or my, my mom came in and said, okay, it's enough. Mm. And instead of just laying there and crying with me and saying, you know what? It's okay to feel. You should feel this way. Yeah. Let's let this out. Mm-hmm. It taught me, look, you should never cry about this thing ever yeah. again. And it sticks with you as, as, yeah. as a kid. So let's let's kind of change gears. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of talked about the the whys and the hows, mm-hmm. but let's talk about what does it look like. What are some ways to be vulnerable? Ways to be vulnerable. Mm. Well, the first thing you have to go back to God. I think that's a really great idea. Let's mm. let's look at God. <laughs> you know, I think probably one of the best examples is Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And just just the way that they they fell into sin. Yeah, you know they 
they, they were tempted into sin. The snake came and lied to them. They believed a lie. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny that, that usually that's where it starts is you begin to believe a lie. Yeah. And they, they believe this lie. And yeah. it says that they, they ate the fruit. Yeah. And their eyes were opened. Mm-hmm. They realized the verse. We'll just read Genesis 3, 7 says, Then their eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed figs, leaves together, and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he walked in the garden, the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord um, God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord said, God, or, and then the Lord called the man, where are you? This has got to be a frightening moment. Mm. You know, it's like all of a sudden it's like God saying, hey, Adam, where are you? Yeah. He's never had that happen. Nope. He's never been misplaced by God. He's never been, God has always, God has never greeted him this way. Mm-mm. You know, and, and, and what's interesting is that when their eyes were opened, they realized that they were naked. Mm. And it's funny is that these are the only two people in the garden. <laughs> yeah. You know, and all of a sudden they're worried about being seen by each other. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that the first thing they do is they try to hide from each other. Yeah. But then they try to hide from from God. Yeah, and I love that the the Bible says that then man and his wife heard the sound of God as he was walking in the cool of the day. I mean, God is all knowing. That's the infinitude of God. He's all knowing. Yeah. He knew. Oh, okay, something's happened over there. He knew exactly what happened, but that didn't stop him from coming. Yeah. <laughs> he still came. He still asked the hard questions, yeah. and he stood there waiting. That didn't, and the thing, and I think. That's one of the points I also make. Yeah, it's that you need to understand that everything has been covered yeah. by God. You know, yeah. I think that's why he asks, "Where are you?" But props to Adam and Eve for not just running. Mm-hmm. At least they had a not they they had enough sense not just to run off and mm. just say to heck with this. Is that yeah. they, they 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 try to hide it? Yeah. But I think there's a good parallel that we can see is mm-hmm. that when shame comes into our lives, the first thing we do is we hide from others. Yeah. But then it, it transfers into when you hide from others, you mm-hmm. hide from God. Mm-hmm. Because we forget that you know we are made in His image. The Bible yep. says, "Let us make man in our own image." Mm-hmm. And just as there is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we serve a triune God. We're a triune being. Yeah, you know that we we are made up of of spirit, soul, and intellect. Mm-hmm. And we can't hide that from. But we're also designed to be in fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. to be in touch with ourselves, and to be in fellowship with man. Yeah. And so this whole thing is that if one of those things is out of whack, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people will say, well, I don't need church to, to be a Christian. Yeah. Um, you do, because you were designed for fellowship, mm-hmm. and you were designed for intimacy mm-hmm. in fellowship. Yeah. That is to be known and to know. Yeah. And sometimes we just, we want to know, but we don't want to be known. Yeah. Exactly. We want to know. We don't want to be known. Oh, my God. That's a good thing. And I think that's something that I struggled with, too, growing up. I'll be like, I'll be the guy people, everyone will go to, you know, talk to. Oh, this is this is a secret that I have. And I'll be like, hey, that's okay. I'm, I mean, I'm a safe place for people, but I would not be known. It's yeah. like, I will, like, I want to know, but I would not be known, yeah. you know, and that didn't bring through true intimacy. And I'll say right now that if there is a relationship that you're struggling with in your life, Mm -hmm. it is because of this reason is to be known and to to know. Mm -hmm. And it is always a progressing type of of, uh, relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about just you have a friend you see once in a while, but the people that you're closest to in life, whether it be a brother, sister, um, husband, wife, or, you know, people you're doing life and ministry with, we're created for those intimate relationships. And if one person is willing to be intimate and the other person is going to be service level, Mm -hmm. that relationship is going to stall and kind of sputter out Mm -hmm. because of that 
that whole uncovering type of thing. Yeah. And I, let me just say, that's actually okay. If you're the one that that is trying to go for it, like you want to be known and you want to know, but the other person doesn't, that's a relationship that could only go so far. And mm-hmm. actually, it'll become toxic yeah. over time mm-hmm. because those things will begin to be, be mishandled, misconstrued. Yeah. And it's like a husband and wife. If one person wants to be intimate and the other person doesn't, when I say intimate, like one person wants to have sex, the mm-hmm. other one doesn't, that's going to be a really rough relationship yeah. to try to reconcile. Mm-hmm. And it's usually because of hurts, because of wounds, because of damage. And yeah. something needs to be fixed. Yeah, and that just, uh, that also brings frustration. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a, it's a one-way relationship instead of a two-way yeah. relationship. Yeah. It was like I keep holding the the trust cord, but you're not. Yeah, I keep inviting you into the depth of my heart, but you have yet to open one gate. No, it's kind of like, have you ever hugged somebody that mm-hmm. didn't want to hug you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like you go over and you, you hug, and you mm-hmm. can just feel like, yeah, like, just like, like, uh-uh. like eh, let's just get this over. And they yeah. do the pat real quick. Let's yeah. just get this over with. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's part of that, like, hey, I'm wanting to go deeper. Yeah, and you're not, or you're mm-hmm. not, you're not giving back, and that mm-hmm. actually causes hurt. Yeah, and you got to check yourself to make sure that you're not getting bitterness. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. kind of to going in. So let's. So what does intimacy look like? What does intimacy with with God look like? Uh, for me, intimacy with God is being a hundred percent confident that God knows me. That there's part of myself that he fully knows and I'm not willing to hide. Uh, that's him knowing me. And, and intimacy with him, me, me knowing him is coming with the confidence that, okay, he actually wants to reveal myself, yeah. himself to me. So uh, it's a full circle relationship. The more, I, I, the more open I am to him, the more open he is to me. You know, it's like, like in the garden how God walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. Yeah, you know, that's intimacy. Adam was like, "Oh, I come as my, as myself," and God says, "I come as myself too." So, if we're talking mm-hmm. practical steps, let's mm-hmm. talk some practical steps. That yeah. that's probably maybe the first one. Mm-hmm. Is it if you want to introduce vulnerability into your life, yeah. you want to become more of a vulnerable person, you want to go on a journey with yourself with somebody yeah. else? Is that I think you're right. Is that that first step has to be with God? Mm-hmm. Are you coming to him fully as, or do you even know that you can come yeah. to him fully as you are? Because mm-hmm. so many of us are in this punishment type culture. We yeah. have, like for me, I viewed God as this being like this Zeus-like character mm-hmm. that if I were to mess up, he would smite me with his mighty smiter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like he's going to take me out. Like he's just waiting for, like he's standing there going, I cannot wait to hit Chris with a lightning bolt. That yeah. will bring me joy. Yeah. And if you have that Zeus like view of God, mm-hmm. we can't ever come to him and share those things. No. But if we look at him as a loving father, but here's a hard thing. Yeah. 51 percent of americans in in children do not have a dad that lives full-time in the home mm-hmm. that they that, that a lot of times we are um missing the love of a natural father mm-hmm. and we project that onto him yeah and then it becomes about performance it becomes about acceptance it becomes about all these other things mm-hmm. We have got to understand is that we delight. God is delighted yeah. in His children. It's not just when they're good. It's not just when they're bad. Mm-hmm. But He delights in His children. Yeah, He actually does. Uh, I mean, if it's even in the Bible, it says like, I think one of the verse that I can uh, Psalm eight, where it says, "When I think of the works of Your hand, what yeah. is man that You are mindful of him?" You know, and. I love, I was watching one time, um, one of the people that I look up to says, he actually sat and dreamt of you. And he was smiling when he was like, oh my God, I'm about to create this human. And he delights in us, you know? So I will say like the practical way, I mean, we learned that in ministry school is like being honest with him. Yeah. You know, like for example, for me, uh, uh, this is not the ultimate sin, but let's say you're dealing with the sexual sin. Be honest with God and say, hey, I want this. Mm-hmm. I'm honest, you know, but I know it's not fulfilling. It doesn't bring me life. Yeah. So I need you to come help me in this. 
Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. that's that's it, it's it's embracing mm-hmm. um, who we are, the good and the bad, yeah, and bringing that to the Lord, mm-hmm. and not being afraid to continually yeah. bring that to the Lord, or yeah. even asking the Lord, why is this inside of me? If yeah. you created me, I think we're fearfully wonderful. Like we're created mm-hmm. in perfection. Yeah, we have to sin. You mm-hmm. know, we don't have to sin, but but sin is is you know it's there. Yeah. So how do we get to that point? Yeah. Where we can go, Lord, this is all I am. Yeah, I think it's understanding that we all, f- first of all, you f- we fell short of the glory, you know? So, and I love, uh, just as Jason Valentin said, um, if you never come to Christ as you are, then you never feel him love love you as you are. If you, if you never feel the unconditional accept- acceptance of Christ uh, when you are in the, the midst of the trash, then you will always feel as though you have to perform for his love. Yeah. You know, so the honesty with God is just be like, hey, I'm here right now. And I know you love me so much to come meet me here. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the kind of the father that he is. I mean, the particle son, the father rent to him. Yeah. You know, and met him there. So, and I, I'm going to throw something out that may be yeah. a little bit controversial, kind of hard to understand. But I don't think there's any such thing as a bad person. Mm-mm. It just it's only people that believe lies and act on them. Mm-hmm. And you can say, well, what about what about serial killers or what about Hitler or whatever? Again, you know, I I, I have this thought that even Hitler liked puppies. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there there's some aspect of him that was good because he was created in the image of God, but he was derailed by sin. Yeah, he was derailed by bad thinking, bad understanding, bad theology, bad whatever that caused him to walk down this road. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you know what? You're probably not Hitler. Yeah, you're not a serial killer. And if you are, mm-hmm. repent and let's talk about it. Yeah, you know. But there is never a point where we could ever escape God's love. Oh. Whether you're a serial killer, whether you're a, a pedophile, whether you're a thief, or you're just somebody who has disobeyed the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, it's understanding that you are not your actions because you're not created to to do them. Yeah. You know, you, that's not how you're created. Yeah. I mean, anything that God created was always good. Everything. To, yeah. Everything. When, even in the creation book of Genesis says it is good. Yeah. And he created man. He said it is very good. Absolutely. You know? And we are created in his image. And yeah. he doesn't, I love that there's a t-shirt that says God doesn't make no junk. Nope. And that's that's the way it is. Now, we are told that, we believe that, we start mm-hmm. going down this path. But again, if you go back to day one, like I said earlier, like what if, like, if you're having these thoughts mm-hmm. and before you ever put them into action, you go to somebody and say, hey, I need help. Yeah. You know? And it goes back to uh, James. Mm-hmm. Um, uh James five sixteen. There, you, there you go. Confess your sins one to another, and pray mm-hmm. that each of you that you may be healed. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a healing that comes. Yeah, when we are just honest. Yeah, and so first being honest with God, but then I think it, it, it then it kind of moves into, you know, can you be vulnerable with man? Mm. Is that important? A hundred percent. It is a hundred percent important. You know, God, I mean, the Bible says confess your sin to one another. I mean, it's easy, like you said, it's easy for me to come to full God and be like, hey, I just, I just lied about this. Yeah. You know, that's me and him. No one is in it around it. And God's like, oh, yeah, confess your sin to one another. And then you go to the person you are vulnerable with and be like, hey, I messed up here. It's a level of accountability. Mm-hmm. You're not, and this is what sounds kind of funny. And yeah. this is where, you know, I understand. I know that we're accountable for our sins. There's mm-hmm. going to be a day of judgment. Yeah. But there's also, a, there is a greater level of accountability with people mm-hmm. because now you have to confess out loud and you bring somebody else in that has a real voice, yeah. that has real feelings that mm-hmm. you can see. And let's face it, sometimes you can't hear the voice of God because of where you're at spiritually. Yeah. And we don't always understand that, that you know, that, that sin still separates. Sin mm-hmm. separates separates us from from the voice from the feeling yeah. from understanding god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when you confess one to another when you bring somebody in you're vulnerable with another yeah. person you have somebody that is not dictated by where you are mm-hmm. that they could still look you in the face and go dude you're not created for that sin yeah stop it a hundred percent so it is important to actually to actually confess to one another you need intimacy with people too but not just anybody. Yeah, not just anybody. Let's emphasize that. Not just anybody. Not just not anybody gets to come in and know everything. No, no. So I love, I, 
uh sorry that just came to mind but uh i love there's a quote i read in a book do not um do not feel sorry for the access you give people in your life but do not feel bad for the access people give you in your, into their life too mm. so and uh, vulnerability is not just for anybody it is yeah you know and that's where we have to be careful not everybody mm-hmm. gets the same access nope because they're not mature enough mm-hmm. you know um so let's let's talk about okay so these are some of the things to walk out for mm-hmm. but you know how do you find your people hmm. how do you find your people just find people <laughs> start looking <laughs> yeah just start yeah looking. put yourself out there i mean who he who knocks yeah, a door will be open to you. Yeah, he fi- you know, fi- uh, six find. You know, you being know? in this in- environment with 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 younger men and then yeah. walking around going, I can't find a girlfriend. I'm like, who have you asked out? Well, uh-huh. nobody. I'm like, well, there's your first problem. Exactly. You know, be willing to be vulnerable. Put yourself out there and yeah. you know, check yes or no. You know, will you go out with me? Is probably not yeah. the way. It's it's putting your heart yeah. out there. I mean, I think it's something that us Christians and I'm specific at Christians that we deal with. Yeah, it's like. Oh, the Lord, the Lord promised me uh, that I'll have friends, but you're not even actively looking for them. No, you can't. You've got to do your part. Yeah, you can't just go to church, sit there with your face buried in your phone, mm-hmm. and think you're going to find a friend. Yeah, and so you know, I think yeah, churches are a great place, but mm-hmm. you know what? Uh, we go to a larger church mm-hmm. where I could go there for ten years and nobody would ever know my yeah. name, and that would be, you know, completely plausible. Mm-hmm. But are you going to a small group? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to hang out with people with it, with similar beliefs? You know what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If you're if you're a big time hunter, you're probably not going to go to a PETA conference. Yeah. to find a friend. <laughs> you know, so you know, put yourself in smaller groups of, yeah. of individuals that like doing, but you know, willing to take the first step. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, just to back back it up a little bit. Uh, when you look, just trust the Holy Spirit. We find, uh, we yeah, you know, bring you the right people. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. there's because God cares more about you than you yeah. even care about you, mm-hmm. and He cares about the relationships and yeah. He'll bring those things. Yeah, you need to be intentional. Yeah, I could say, you know, even as 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 being a pastor, yeah. uh, you know, some of the loneliest people that I know of are probably pastors, mm-hmm. and because you're always pouring out, you're always trying to help people, but people only call when they have a problem or yeah. a complaint. Mm-hmm. And don't be that type of friend. No, you should not. Make sure that you're interacting with people. Do you send them a text? How yeah. you doing? You know, this week I haven't heard. I haven't talked to one of my one of my buddies in, from in in a couple of days, and I just sent up a text going, "Hey, do you know that you're an amazing father? Mm, that you're on. an inspirational friend? You are." And I listed off these three or four things that mm-hmm. I, I just I like. Hey, I really think you're pretty awesome. Yeah, and I uh, kind of miss you. Mm-hmm. And just doing stuff like that. Well, what if they don't send anything back? Well, so they didn't see the text. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. I think we should just worry about your part that you're playing in it. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, yeah, I reach out, they don't reach back. Well, do your part. And if they don't reach back, well, at least you find out about that. But at least do your part. Be yeah. intentional. Just don't be like, oh, uh, I'm just going to sit here and then we'll get there when we get there. No, you have to actually actively be present and intentional in that process. You got to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is it takes time. Yeah. You know, it takes trust. Yeah. And you can't just take anyone. You can't. You can't automatically get somebody to go to the depths of you know mm-hmm. the deepest levels. It's going to take time. It's going to take just a lot of time spending with each other mm-hmm. and, and talking and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the worst thing you could do is try to rush it too. Yeah. It's like, hey, let, let me tell you my deepest, darkest secret. Like, whoa, I'm mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're coming on just a little bit too strong yeah. too quickly. So it's kind of managing all yeah. that. So I remember before I opened up to my friend, I asked them, are you willing? Are you ready to to see the part of my heart that no one else has? Yeah. So some, some sometimes that should be part of the process mm-hmm. where you ask them, hey, I'm about to be vulnerable. If you're not ready, I respect it. Yeah. Let me know. Because I don't want to give you something that you don't know how to handle. So, Caleb, I think there's some things that we, we maybe need to take to God. And mm-hmm. maybe even right now. Mm-hmm. I think there's even some questions that we need to to ask him. What yeah. are some of those? Yeah. The first question I think we could, you should take to God is ask him, God, am I being vulnerable with you? Yeah. Let's just do that. Wherever mm-hmm. you're at. 
wherever you're sitting, let's just let's just take a second and just yeah. say, Lord, am I being vulnerable with you? And I think also the second question that you, you need to ask Holy Spirit is, am I being vulnerable with myself? Yeah. And if you're in a, if you're in a married relationship, you know, Holy Spirit, am I being vulnerable with my wife or my husband? Is there any area that's not uncovered? Yeah. Yeah. And I think... Um, you should also ask, uh, am I being vulnerable with the people closest to me? Yeah. And then saying, Holy Spirit, who can I be vulnerable with? If you feel like you don't have anybody, let's just say, Holy Spirit, who can I be vulnerable with? Yeah, and I think also to end it off, just ask, Holy Spirit, give me the grace to be vulnerable. Oh, that's a scary prayer. <laughs> yeah. That is a scary prayer. That it's all by grace you need to ask. Yeah. Give me the grace to be Give vulnerable. me grace, Lord. Well, we just want to thank you for listening today. And uh, if you're struggling with these areas of vulnerability, um, take it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I keep on going back to this whole idea is that He's a good God that gives good gifts. And if we ask Him for bread, He never hands us a snake or a scorpion. So take it to Him and just say, Lord help all right thank you for joining us we will see you next week hey thanks for listening to our podcast please like subscribe and share with your friends and follow us on social media and never forget you're not alone